Hey guys, this is Chaton. And this is Abby. And this is Who Got Next, episode 77. So today is Thursday, May 27th. We had a bunch of playoff games go, go by and big NFL news come out. Um, just the other day, Shannon Sharp of Fox Sports had called Julio Jones on live TV to talk about his situation in Atlanta. And just to sum it up, he pretty much said, I'm out of here. Julio Jones is the most prolific wide receiver in the NFL right now. Him and Matt Ryan have accumulated over 12,000 yards together in their tenure, which is the second most between a quarterback wide receiver duo since Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. Um, Julio Jones, his he can easily change an offense single-handedly. He will obviously change a team that is probably a lingering contender, you know, could make the AFC championship game to an easy Super Bowl contender. We have a couple teams out there that have been vying for Julio Jones. There have been teams like everyone's been talking about, hey, maybe the best way to appease Julio uh, Aaron Rodgers is to go get Julio Jones. So they, they've been saying Green Bay, uh, we've thrown out names like New England, Buffalo, Indianapolis, uh, Tennessee Titans, and am I missing a team? Um, Miami Dolphins. There's just a bunch of teams that we've been saying that, hey, that would be a great fit for Julio Jones. Uh, currently speaking, there's apparently a first round offer, uh, first round pick offered for Julio Jones, which can price out many of the teams. Um, Abby, where do you think Julio ends up? And what do you think of this whole entire situation? There are two teams that can now go to the Super Bowl potentially. Actually, no, I'm not going to say that. There's multiple teams that could probably go to the, the bowl, as I, I like to call it, because there's only one bowl in uh, the NFL. Obviously, in college football, there's many bowls. So you have to distinguish between them. So for this case, the bowl, there's many teams that if, if he's on the team, they just skyrocket. You got Indianapolis. They will skyrocket, in my opinion. The Titans. The Titans would be really, really, really good. I don't think they would skyrocket, but they would be substantially better if they get him. And then there's San Francisco. But I don't want him in the NFC. So then I'm gonna change my direction. Or oh, if he goes to the if he goes to San Francisco, they're go Jimmy G or Trey Lance. I don't care who the hell the quarterback is, they will go. They and the Rams would be it would be something else, in my opinion. It would be something else. But I think if they got him, that would push them over the Rams. I'm willing to go that far. So, but besides them, these two teams, the two teams I'm about to mention, they got the icing. I've been saying this since the free agency. These two teams that need receivers, the mo- that needed upgrades the most, and they both have done so, so far in the offseason. Ravens, they upgraded in the offseason. They signed Sammy Watkins for $5 million. Nothing too crazy. If he stays healthy, that's a bargain. And then they get my man that I've been vouching for from college football, Rashad Bateman. He got him. So they upgraded significantly, in my opinion. But if you get Julio Jones on top of that, you are now the team that's going to win the division, for sure, in my opinion. You're, bro, you can't stop Lamar Jackson from running. 
and not have your eyes on Julio Jones. Matt Ryan was throwing darts to this man when everyone knew that Matt Ryan can't move past an inch. So imagine this scenario. What, what, what would happen in Baltimore? He would be the best receiver to play in Baltimore since I don't even know. Anquan Bolden was phenomenal. Steve Smith was phenomenal. But they were towards the they were just like Julio Jones towards the end of their career, but none of them were. Steve Smith, in my opinion, is my favorite receiver of all time. For me, Steve Smith was my favorite receiver ever. But I think he would end up the greatest receiver in Baltimore history to ever play in that uniform, if I'm, if I'm mistaken. Uh, but, yeah, that would be that big of an upgrade, in my opinion. And then the other team. Listen, I've been saying this. I've been saying this slogan. You got the icing. You got John Smith. You got Hunter Henry. You got uh, Kendrick Bourne, who I like a lot from San Francisco. You got Nelson Aguilar. You still don't have the cake. And that's why I thought maybe in the draft they would do that. I really hated the Mac Jones pick, in my opinion. You got Cam. Didn't need to do that. I could be wrong. We'll see. But you can, you can have both of them. You can have Mac Jones. Alabama product, and you can have another Alabama receiver. That's Julio Jones. You get him, I think that puts you over the Bills. I st- we we already feel the Patriots are going to the playoffs. You get him, bro. So all these teams that have the icing, that have like all the other ingredients ready to go, and you need that one piece to put you over the top. There's so many teams. Obviously, the Colts would be in there. The 49ers are in there. The Packers, but they can't do it because they have no money. You want to keep Aaron Rodgers? Go get Julio Jones. I guarantee you he'll change his move right there. But they can't get him. They can't afford him. L.A. Rams, I have no idea how the Rams could do it because how are they paying all these people? It makes zero sense in my opinion unless they're cheating the system somehow or the owner is just paying money under the table. I don't know how they're even doing this. So to, to even hear the Rams, if the Rams get him, they're, going, they're winning it all. They would be better than Tampa Bay if they get him. If you have Julio Jones... Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Sean Jackson, Matthew Stafford, that defense, bro, they're going, they're going to win it all, in my opinion. So I hope that doesn't even happen. Stay in the AFC, leave me alone. Leave me and my Vikings alone. I, we got enough to worry about over here. Stay over there. And the two teams, I hope he goes to the Patriots so bad because Cam Newton has never played with a receiver like this. He played it with Steve Smith, but he only had a cup of coffee with him. They didn't play with him for that long. Get him, Julio Jones. And this is it. Cam Newton, you want to show that you're still Cam? Here's everything. Yeah, that that's one team that we've been advocating. Hey, you guys are a wide receiver. Well, both teams are a wide receiver away. Um, preferably, I would say, you know, hey, Green Bay, you, you can f- figure it out. You know, you want to mend your relationship with Aaron Rodgers? Figure it out. Uh, I doubt that's going to happen. They're not a team that makes deals like that. So we can mark them off. Uh, We know teams have offered a first-round pick for Julio Jones. And we know that the conditional pick for the Indianapolis Colts to Philadelphia becomes a first-round pick if Carson Wentz starts all their games. Or I think it's a certain amount of snaps that Carson Wentz takes or something like that. So they could be out of it. San Francisco doesn't have a first-round pick next year. They seem to be out of it. I mean, 
you got to take it is that it's going to end up being against Baltimore and New England. Both teams, either team that gets them, I think they become one. Of, they become a favorite to go to the AFC title game. With, but could you imagine just Bateman, Jones, um, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews? Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins on that offense. I've been imagining it. I've been saying these two teams. It's these two teams. If someone else gets some, then listen, man, if all it's going to take is a first-round pick, bro, I would give it up because, especially Baltimore, because they got to pay Lamar after this year or maybe even this year. So if this is your window to go get him this type of player, go do it. Like Cam Newton is only – the only reason why the Patriots can do this right now is because Cam Newton is making nothing. That's why they can do this because your quarterback's making no money. Same thing with uh, uh, the Ravens. Your QB's not making any money right now. But Carson Wentz, the Colts, they don't have the capital from what I – from obviously, maybe you throw two twos in there or two and a four. I don't even know how they would do it. Whatever. Same thing in uh, San Francisco, really. Their quarterbacks aren't making any money. Jimmy G's going to be gone probably in a year. So there's a long-term commitment there. And then obviously Green Bay, hey, Aaron Rodgers probably wants a new deal. If he, if he does come back, he wants more money. Simple as that. He's not coming back for this money. He has zero guaranteed dollars left on his deal. So you got to rip that up, give him something new. So that goes with that. So, yeah, in my opinion, bro, it's simple, straight to the point. We got it from his mouth. You never get this. The man said it himself. I'm gone. Within, by, by, by after June 1st, which is a deadline that you can trade him after. So after Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, if this man is not traded by Friday, Something is wrong. Because that just basically tells me, yo, you ain't trying enough to get him. So go get him. Change the whole dynamic of your season and go play ball. Yeah, that that's gonna be the big thing here. It's just hey, by let's be honest, in, in six days he could be on a different team. How ridiculous would that be? And first and also from the Atlanta Falcons perspective, this makes absolutely zero sense. If you're just appeasing him, then fine. I understand that. Like, he's been a good, good, good soldier for over a decade. Let him trade him because it hasn't worked. He didn't never won one. He got to one and lost. So, I understand that. Like, you're being the, the – the, you're actually being a good soldier to him. But you draft Kyle Pitts just to let him go. That makes no sense. Like, that makes no sense. What does that matter? Yo, now I got – like, obviously, my chances of winning are greater if he stays. So, I don't get it from their perspective. I don't get why they do it. I guess in, in, he must really want out. That's the only explanation here. He really says, yo, I'm out. Like, I don't care what you guys do. I'm out. And then, yeah, that makes sense then. All right. So, Aaron Rodgers news, there hasn't really been any. Well, the news was that he didn't go to OTAs. That's the first time in his career he hasn't. And um, at this point, I'm not actually surprised about that. Just given, oh, of course, of course not. Yeah, the way that he's been, I he's been down. But his, his interview with Kenny Maine was pretty damn telling. He said, "I love Jordan Love. I got no problem with him. He's a great kid." He said. I love my coaches. I love Matt LaFleur, basically. I love my players. I love the uh, fans. I love the city. So he wants to retire there. 
he basically said, yo, get those people upstairs out of here. So I don't know how that works unless they drop to their knees and beg for forgiveness. And that's what he wants. Like, what else? I don't think money would solve that. Unless they came out and publicly apologized to him or went to his house, wherever he's living in, and basically say, yo, we are so sorry. And they scrape their nose in the mud. Whatever the hell they can do. I don't even know what they would do. But I think he's gone. And if he is gone, then, yo, these teams start calling. Denver. All right. Make it happen. So if Denver makes it happen, right? Would Denver be in the running for Julio Jones? No, because you gave up everything to get Rodgers. And plus, I don't think they need him then. You have, they have no lack of weapons. You have Jerry Judy. You have Corin Stein come back from ACL. You got Hamler. You got Noah Fant. You got Melvin Gordon. You got, you got another running back. From, I, think, I think they drafted another running back from North Carolina. Uh, the, you got uh, all Williams. You have, you have the home field advantage. So I don't think that's necessary. But if they can pull it off, why not? Why not? Let's make this a fantasy team out here. Go ahead. Go make this a fantasy team. Go get them. If you can pull that off, Denver, props to you guys. You, good luck to you. I mean, I don't think they do that. put Judy in that deal. I think it would take a lot to – No, there's no way. Why, why would I sacrifice 10-plus years of a player potentially – for two to three. So I wouldn't do that. I, Jerry Judy, I think he's going to be really – he is really good. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let's – we got some NFL news, which is good to know OTAs are underway. Uh, these rookies have gotten an opportunity to play. The Giants have reported to camp. My Vikings have reported to camp. Patrick Peterson looking amazing. And that number seven, just saying. And he even said openly, I can't wait to play the Cardinals and tell them what they're missing. Ooh, I love it. I love it. So all these teams are in OTAs now. We're just getting there. Once training camps hits, that's where you know it's for real. But we are like, I would say, six weeks, seven weeks out from that. But until then, now we have, obviously, are transitioning to the NBA. And all the series, most of the series have been phenomenal. But we started off with the L.A. teams. The Lakers beat the Suns on Tuesday. And to be honest, they should have. They should have beaten them. I don't know why they're all acting high and mighty. They won the game. It should have been business as usual. And they should have walked off the, off the court and went to L.A. for the next game, which is today. Because Paul is clearly hurt. It can't be a stinger because stingers don't last this long. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm speaking from what other professional athletes and people have said. Stingers, they hurt a lot, like a bitch, but it's like temporary. Then they go away. So whatever he has going on is significant for sure. He, this is a, this is, he's called point God for a reason. The man is a wizard with the ball. We have not seen that. He played 23 minutes, game two. Cameron Payne played 30-plus minutes. And give Cameron Payne all the credit in the world. The man is balling, flat-out balling. But he is not Chris Paul. If Chris Paul, we were discussing this before, if Chris Paul was healthy, they would have won that game. Simply put, Devin Booker is getting doubled. As soon as Devin Booker's on the court, he's doubled. Because they know they don't have another creator besides him. They have shooters. Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dario Saric. They have shooters, but 
but they can't create for themselves. There's only two dudes that can create, and that's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and then the third guy you could probably say that can create is Cameron Payne. Simple as that. So they won. The Lakers won. 1-1. I was not impressed with the Lakers. It's 1-1. Chris Paul is not 100% playing today. There is no, um, what's it called? There's no uh, designation that he's game time decision or whatever. So I'm encouraged by that. And I am going to go as far as to say that the Phoenix Suns, listen, man, Chris Paul is due to have the basketball god shine on him. He has been a he has went through it all, trials and tribulations. The man got traded to OKC from Houston. People thought he was going there to die. And what did he do? Game seven against the Rockets made that team a bona fide team, playoff team, respectable. This may be his chance. Chris Paul, something goes his way today. The Suns way today. The Suns win this game. And I know I said what I said about the Lakers winning it all. Whoever wins this series, I want to change it up a bit. I'm not, I'm not copping out, Chaitan, or everyone else. I'm not copping out. Whoever wins this series is going to go to the NBA Finals. That's how far I'm willing to go with this. And that's my personal opinion. The Suns win. They're going to the Finals. The Lakers win. They're going to the Finals. I mean, I don't and I think today you. the Suns win. I don't blame you there. This is a Western Conference Finals matchup in the first round. Yep. And I think the Suns win today. They're the this is the biggest underdog they've been the whole season today. What are they at? What's the are, they were a seven point underdog now they're at six and a half. Yeah, unless Vegas knows that Chris is something is like seriously wrong with Chris Paul. I, I don't see why the line should be that big, but um Looking at going back to game two, no, the Lakers won by five. And at no point in that game did I think the Lakers were had the potential to run away with it. And I think that's going to be one of the big issues here is, you know, when we, when we're talking about the Lakers last year in the playoffs, yeah, they lost game one game two. They, ran away with game two every single time. And that's where they asserted their dominance. And I didn't feel that from the Lakers this year. Um, on top of that, LeBron is, I, I, he looks human. It's strange to say about LeBron James, but he looks human on the basketball court. I had him when I, I looked at it. His over-unders were like 26 and a half points, eight and a half rebounds, seven, uh, no, eight and a half assists, seven and a half rebounds. I'm like, oh yeah, LeBron's going to get that easy if, they, if they're winning game two. He was average at best, surprisingly. Um, he did show up in the fourth quarter, close out games. Anthony Davis played pretty well, but you know, it his 34 looked it didn't look that impressive. Well, 20 of them were free throws, right? 18 of them, right? I think he went 18 for 21 from the free throw line. Yeah, he shot 21 free throws. Yeah, so. Which, you know, hey, like, hey, great. Anthony Davis is getting in the paint, but he didn't look like Anthony Davis. So I think that might be it. I I have the Suns winning game three. Uh, I have this game. I have this series 
previously I was like, oh yeah, Lakers and six because they're gonna show up and they've looked disinterested in basketball. When I when we watched the uh, Lakers uh, Warriors game, they looked disinterested there. They should have lost that game too. So they, they they haven't given me much confidence. So I Chris Paul is healthy after they won the series. Oh, well, we won't know that. Hopefully today is a good telling point. When he plays, we'll see how it is, how his shot is. He's taking like five shots a game. He's not even shooting that much. We know he's one of the best shooters in the game. When healthy, probably the one of the best mid-range shooters, him and DeMar DeRozan in the game. That's where he's made his bread and butter over a, over a decade plus of his career. But now we get to the other LA team, the bottom feeders, as we call them, because the Clippers. Oh, here we go. Not again. This is worse. Oh, hell no. This is even worse. At least they had a 3-1 lead last year. At least they beat the Mavs last year. This year, oh, my God. These boys, I mean, you know what? Nah, my bad. These men, these dudes are playing off of reputation and reputation alone. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Defensively, I don't want to hear the word defense, any category of them. You give up how many points? I think they scored how many? A hundred? What was it? What was the final score? I think a hundred. I think they scored over 130 points. If I'm not mistaken, hold on. I got to get this right. Uh, oh, 127. 127 points to Dallas. And then the other the game one, they gave up 113. So, on average, you're giving up 120 points a game to Dallas Mavericks. At home. At home. Pat Beverly. Oh, my God. Pat Beverly. Oh, he talks a lot. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. I get paid for defense. Guess what? Luke Kennard. Oh, my goodness. $64 million. I don't care about how much money someone gets. Get as much money as you can. No problem there. You pin this dude $64 million. He hasn't played a single minute in the playoffs. That's $16 million a year to not do shit. You have to be kidding me. Sergi Baca. Where the hell is Sergi Baca? DeMarcus Cousins. Put it in. I think DeMarcus Cousins can at least, uh, I think he can He can shoot the ball. He can shoot threes. He can take KP off the paint. Or whoever, Kleber, uh, uh, or whoever else, uh, Willie Collins Stein, whoever else they put in the game, Dwight Powell. DeMarcus Cousins can at least take a big body out the paint. Give Paul George, give Reggie Jackson, give Marcus Morris, give Kawhi Leonard room to operate. Kawhi Leonard, listen, offensively, he dropped 40. Give him props. He dropped 30 in the first half. No problems there. Paul George, he shot one from San for three, but he still dropped 28. So I give him credit where he's due offensively. But bro, these these dudes, yo, you can't play, yo. You got to be kidding me. Tim Hardaway is a very good role player. Dorian Finney-Smith is a good role player. Jalen Brunson is a very good role player. They have zero business shooting 53% from the three-point line and 47% game one. This is it. I said it on the, when we had our, our podcast on Monday, all of us were together. The game two was the biggest game in Clippers franchise history. And they, they, they lost. They got punked. They got punked. They lost. Tomorrow's game three. Tomorrow is, I already said it's the biggest game in um, history, so I can't say that again. I will say this. This is about manhood. Marcus Morris, Pat Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Rondo. These five, 
main guys, these five, and Tyron Lue. Yeah, you too. You too, Mr. Head Coach. Mr. I don't got LeBron James no more. I'm just saying. A lot of players have had LeBron James on their team, won a championship, gone far. Eric Sprolstra, give him credit. He took Miami to the finals with LeBron. Then he just took a team with Jimmy Butler and then and then boys last year to the finals. So he's done it. Tyron Lue, we still don't know. Doc Rivers is Doc Rivers' fault. I think that's the problem. It's Doc Rivers' fault. It's his fault, right? Hey, Doc Rivers won a playoff series last year. Doc Rivers was up 3-1. Bruh, if they, if they get swept. Oh, first of all, Kawhi Leonard is already gone. So, I, I, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is gone. Tomorrow is, you know what? I, I already, you know, I have so much to say. I, I'm, flu- I'm fluttering a little bit because there's so many directions I want to take this. But tomorrow, I said, I said game two was the biggest game in their history. I think I have to say that again. Game three is the biggest game in the history because if they if they lose tomorrow, Kawhi Leonard is gone. You mortgaged everything. You threw in, you threw Shai Gildas Alexander in that trade, who is going to be an all-star. You threw every draft pick you have. Seven. Golden State is going to be back next year, fully, with Klay Thompson. If Kawhi's gone, Clippers, you may not make the playoffs, people. You may not make the playoffs because if Paul George is your only player, you're done. So this is monumental. They're saying we're not concerned. Oh, my God. I have no worries. All I know is tomorrow is must see Luka Doncic as a 20 in his third year can end a franchise tomorrow. He can end a franchise tomorrow. But I will say this. I think the Clippers – Win tomorrow. I, I told you that if Dallas wins game two, yep, yep, you're not coming back. That's Dallas. yeah, I'm no, sticking with that. Swept and I'm, they get swept. I have to stick ahead, to ahead, it because ahead, they haven't, the Clippers haven't shown me any reason to believe in them. Last year, last year, I went on an epic rant about Doc Rivers. Hey, by the end of this playoffs, I might owe him an apology. But that that is, I'm saving that till the, towards the end of the playoffs. But l- let's think about it this way: when they lost to Denver, I I pointed it out, or even that Luka Doncic game winner, I pointed out, I'm like, why are the Clippers switching everything? They they act like they're they're the 96 Bulls on defense. You technically have you have two great wing defenders, and the rest of them are average. You should not be switching everything. And no one looks like they want to guard Luca. Dude, Luca's coming in here. You know the um. You know the meme with um. Uh, Chris Tucker and a uh, Fifty Cent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep see, I keep picturing that in my head. Goes, oh man, here come Luca. Like that. That's all they're saying. Like, dude, you did you guys not learn from last uh, last uh, postseason? Like, yo, this dude is different. He will come into your house, and he will disrespect you. And I think you know, Luca's like, oh yeah, I never saw the fact that the like the media saying. Hey, they tanked just so they can face you guys because they thought you guys were an easy out. 
I don't believe Luca at all. I believe he has a chip on his shoulder from last postseason when KP got thrown out. They should have won that series. He definitely knows that the Clippers thought he was going to be an easy out. I made the joke after game two. is like, dude, you just got karmic judgment. You guys tanked the last two games to avoid the Lakers and Blazers, and you might be in for a reckoning where you get swept by the Dallas Mavericks. So you are now continuing. I mean, you're sticking to it. I'm going to stick to it because I think this is literally basketball judgment. All right. From the Clippers. And if the basketball gods do this, then Kawhi Leonard, listen, man, New York is looking real nice nowadays. Last year was bad, COVID, et cetera. Last couple of years was really bad, you know, post-mello, all that shit that was going on with the head coaches and, you know, uh, Oakley, et cetera, et cetera. But right now, Kawhi Leonard, D. Rose, Julius Randle, R.G. Barrett, you don't have, they don't have to give up any of these pieces to get you. Come through. And that is going to be the biggest storyline. The second this series ends, and if they lose, we all know where New York's attention is going. Go get him. It's pretty much like um, when Boston beat LeBron in six games back in 2010 or 2009. It would have been because everyone is like, oh, LeBron's a free agent. Yo, you're going to see him take off that Clipper jersey, walk off and never put it back on. We heard we saw the report early, a long time, like, like a couple of months ago, I want to say, where Kawhi Leonard is likely to resign, barring a catastrophic Collapse. exit. Yep. There's nothing more catastrophic than you getting swept in the first round as a higher seed. So, listen, tomorrow, because we all know, obviously we've seen teams come back from 2-0. Hey, Kawhi Leonard did it himself. They were down 2-0 to the Milwaukee Bucks. The series looked like it was over as a Toronto Raptor, and they won four in a row and changed everything. So we've seen Kawhi Leonard do it before with his team. If they can do it, we'll see. But if they lose tomorrow, we know it's over. No team has ever come back from 3-0. There's no way in hell they win. They will be done emotionally, mentally, physically, etc. Tomorrow is the biggest challenge of Kawhi Leonard's career so far. Because winning a championship in Toronto, that wasn't that difficult. You know why? Because Clay Thompson got hurt. Kevin Durant got hurt. That's great. Oh, you want a championship in San Antonio? Big deal. I have Tim Duncan. I have Manu Ginobili. I have Tony Parker. I have Greg Popovich. I had Patty Mills. I had all these Danny Green. I had all these players with me. This is the first real challenge that he's had. Because he's a top dog. Paul George isn't. Let's remember this. Paul George is not the top dog. That's Kawhi Leonard. So if they lose, there's your big fish. This year, there is no real big fish in the free agency market, except if Kawhi Leonard opts out. And if they get swept, or even if they lose in this series, period, he is going to be a free agent. And teams like Miami, because we heard the word Jimmy Butler before, that was a name that he wanted was interested in, but Jimmy Butler said, nah, bro, I'm going to Miami to do my own thing. Well, guess what? Hey, bro, you got an opening? Let me come through. Because it looks like, knock on wood, obviously, for Victor Oladipo, feel bad for him, these injuries. 
he's not going to be ready to go for a long time, at least. And I think they probably won't even resign him because, bro, that's two significant knee injuries to him now. That's just sad, but it is what it is. We have to, we have to move forward. Kawhi Leonard, three teams. You have, we said it already, New York, which I feel that would be the most monumental thing that he can do. You go to New York and win a championship, bro, you are immortalized as a god, period. They will remember you as the piece, not the other team, not the rest of the team. They will remember you because you put them over the top. New York, Miami, Golden State, those three teams. But now let's go to, we have, I, we just said it, New York. New York versus Atlanta. Oh, my God. Both these games have been epic. Even though we haven't been there, obviously, me and you, we, we watch the games on TV, as most people do. I've never, none of the games, none of the playoff games, that atmosphere, have I ever felt like that? Like, I was there. That roar. 50 Sam was in the crowd yesterday. Before that, Spike Lee, he's always in the crowd. So, the Knicks, down 13, it wasn't looking good. But, hey, just how the Knicks are the whole season, they, they never quit. D-Rose started the second half. Alfred Payne, bro, sit your ass down. Alfred Payne, sit down. Listen, the regular season, that was great. Uh, you did your job. You uh, you bought time. Basically, Alfred Payne was someone that bought minutes for Derrick Rose. Let's be, let's be real here. He bought him some time. To come into the game because Derrick Rose can't play 40 minutes a game in the regular season. But now, in my opinion, I would start Frank Nilakina or I would even start quickly or even Alec Burks. I would start one of them and then put Derrick Rose in because, yo, I cannot compromise Derrick Rose by playing in 40 minutes a game because, bro, you have to have some sort of, like, consciousness, especially Tom Thibodeau, Chaitan. You know why I'm saying that? Oh, I know. Bullshit. I know. Yeah. yeah, so we can't risk it with him at this age. He's balling. He is Derrick Rose still. He's not D. Rose, but he's Derrick Rose. But yesterday it was great to see Julius Randle still didn't play the best. He made some key plays. He hasn't been Julius Randle that we saw in the regular season so far, but he made some key plays still. Obi Toppin, hey, from the beginning of the season to the end, to, to the point we are now, he has developed. He's yep. looking better and better quickly. Quickly, he's been playing great the whole season. Alec Brooks did his thing. Noah's Noel is doing his thing. Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson made some plays yesterday. So, R.J. Barrett, also, whole team. It's a whole team effort. Trey Young. Listen, he's at public enemy number one right now in New York. But still, Trey Young, when he was not on the court, they looked like they were lost. They looked lost. And they just missed open shots. Bogdanovich went what two for twelve? I think he went two for twelve or two for thirteen from thirteen from uh free from the three point line. I don't think that's gonna happen tomorrow. I think the Hawks game one at the crib, ATL, full packed house. I think Atlanta they've won eleven straight at home. I think they make it twelve. Yeah, I think you know Julius Randle has not looked like Julius Randle, and I think that's one the big issue here. The second issue here is their defense, which was pretty much stifling. Number one defense in the league. They, they're they losing people. Like you well, said, let's be honest here. The On paper, the Hawks do have more talent. Yeah, the Hawks have more power. I'm not going to refute that. I think the the thing here, they're, they're just losing people on like simple cuts. You know, like the 
we've never seen him miss like Okay, so here are the numbers. Bogdanovich went two for 13 from three. Eight for 21 think, from the field. I think the most telling thing of this whole game was the Knicks built that 10-point lead in the fourth quarter when Trey Young was sitting. Trey Young comes into the game. That 10-point lead dissipates within minutes. Real quick, yep. So I think Nate McMillan, let's say obviously we've people have talked about his playoff coaching, et cetera. These are playoff games, bro. I don't care about how many minutes you got to play. Bro, you're 22, 23, 24 years old. He's not that old. I don't care. You're playing 42 minutes, 40, 40 minutes. You'll, you'll rest in the offseason. That's how he has to take this. I don't – if I was him, uh, Trey, you'll get your rest in the first half. You're playing the whole fourth quarter, in my opinion. You're playing the whole fourth quarter, every single game going forward. I think Atlanta adjusts. Bogdanovich is not going to shoot two for 13 again. He's not doing that. He's – he is a gr- not a great player, but he is so underrated. He's so good. John Collins got into foul trouble. Clint Capella played well. I think they adjust, and the Hawks are going to win game three. I think they win game four also. I will agree on that, and I think in one of those two games, Clint Capella is going to have a big game because he led the league in rebounds with like 15 a game. He hasn't Shown up big yet, and I think you know, as good as Nerlens Noel is, he's not Clint Capella. And yeah, no, not many people are always high on Clint Capella, but he is an excellent player. I think two, more Rudy Gobert, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I <laughs> both of us agree on that one, but uh, let's see what else. Um. I agree with you on the both. I think they take both of them in in Atlanta. They'll it come hurts back. for me to say I'm not a Knicks fan, but obviously the NBA is better. The Knicks are relevant and good, which they are right now. I want them to this to go seven. So for that to happen, the Knicks got to win one in Atlanta. I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow. It has to be game four. I, it's going to be difficult. That's the, that's, it's, it's, it is going to be difficult because the team that they swept in the regular season, this is not that team. This is not that team at all. So yeah, Bogdanovich didn't play any of those games. I and Nate McMillan coached only one of them. And that was a game where Trey Young got hurt. So none of those games mean anything. Yeah. But so these two first games have been the first two games of these two teams playing each other. But if there's one bright side to this is that Julius Randle had two 40-point games against the Hawks this season. That's the one bright side for the Knicks is Julius Randle's yeah, he hasn't played if, superstar yeah. level so far. If he can get to that point, I think they can win one of the games, but I don't I don't see it happening. Okay, now let's go to let's just go through the other series real quick because to be honest, the other series aren't as crazy. Uh Brooklyn, I don't think we have to take, spend more time much time on Brooklyn, Boston. Listen, Boston's undermanned. They don't got enough. These boys, they're ready to go. Like Kemba Walker has some injuries. But Jason Tatum, poor guy, got poked in the eye. Um, it's over. They're going to get swept. Tomorrow yeah. they're going to lose in Boston. Yeah, so we're going to go there. At I this can't point, take that much credit into Brooklyn and what they're doing because, bro, you're not playing a fully healthy squad. So we're going to see Brooklyn, the real Brooklyn, next round. So, yeah, thoughts on that? Go ahead. I mean, at this point, Boston should just 
you know, those players should just start. Uh, I would not play Kemba games. Walker again. And I don't care how that sounds. Kem- Kemba Walker hasn't been healthy the whole season. So why would I risk it now? Yep. And I think, yeah, at this point, just start planning your vacations and when your flight leaves. You guys don't have enough to be Brooklyn. Uh, next right, series. Now, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say next series. Which one is it? Which one are we going to talk about? Oh, Philly, Washington. Philly, too much. It's just too much. Simple. It's like in Brooklyn, it's too much. Give Beal and uh, Bertans and Gafford and Lopez and Westbrook and all these players credit. Scott Brooks, they got this far, but they just don't have enough. Westbrook with his ankle. I don't even want to get into the fan shit because that's just disgusting. There's no place in the game and sports or in life for someone to do that. Yep. So, and the guy is banned for life as he should be. But I think this is, we gave them one game. I don't even think they'll get one game now because if Westbrook's hurt at all or not fully hundred percent, it's over. I mean, yeah, that game proved that yesterday when Westbrook leaves and they just couldn't do anything about it. It's pretty much it. Uh, we, we all had Philly locked in for at least the semifinals. That's where it seems like they're headed. And then we can now, uh, let's go Utah, Memphis. John Morant put on a show, 47. They were down 20 at half. They were down biggest at 22. And give them credit, they came all the way back within one point. Yep. But then Utah flexes muscles again. Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles. Yang, Rudy Gobert, give him his credit. He played well yesterday. He has some big blocks. I'm going to give him his credit, bro. He, Yeah, when he plays well, yeah, but still, he has zero offensive game. I'm sticking to that for life. He has zero yeah. offensive game. His his scoring is lobs and pick and roll, catch and dunk. That's all it is. He has no offensive game. He's not that good of a free throw shooter, but he is a defensive anchor. So give him credit for his due. They win. Utah wins. Donovan Mitchell plays great in his return. And I think this this series is back to where it's going to be. I think Memphis may win one more. Maybe. I don't even think that. But I'll give it to them because they've been fighting a lot. Maybe they win game four or game three. If they're going to win a game, it might be the next game. But I still don't think it's going to happen. Utah's going to win the series. Yeah, Utah's winning the series. A um, couple takeaways is Donovan Mitchell. So... The hero of game one was Dylan Brooks. And immediately, Donovan Mitchell got him in foul trouble. He had, what, two fouls in the first three minutes of the game, I think? Yep. And that pretty much showed Memphis, like, okay, this guy, you know, he's different. So Donovan Mitchell, I think the reason that we have Utah going to the Western Conference Finals is they play great defense. They shoot the lights out of the ball, and they have a closer in Donovan Mitchell. That's pretty much it. Is Utah should win the series in four or five, no, five or six games. All right, now let's get to the last game, last series. Portland, Denver. Portland won game one. Denver won game two. The size, the shooting is well one game one for Portland. The size is well one game two for Denver. They, they think they found something magical with Aaron Gordon on Dame Lillard. I think that's complete bullshit. I don't think that's going to make – Aaron Gordon's a very, very, very good defender. 
But listen, they're going to adjust. I think the series is more interesting than we thought maybe it will be from before it started. I think Denver, I mean, I think Portland wins tonight. But Denver could do something here because their size advantage is Mm -hmm. significant. But Dame Little also, he's short in that first half. Man dropped 32. I've never seen shooting like that. I just haven't seen the ease in which he does it. It's only him and Steph that can do that. So threes beat twos. But when those threes don't hit, that's when the problem starts. And it's going to be interesting. Game three, if Denver wins today, somehow, then they can win the series. Today is very important for, for, for Portland. I agree on that point because I think if Denver wins today, that means they figured it out. And by that, I mean, you know, you're already sure your second best player. Your third best player is inconsistent, but very talented. And hey, if you win game three in Portland... Yeah, if you win game three in Portland, that means you guys were able to slow down Damian Lillard. Which pretty much means, hey, you figured something out that the rest of the league hasn't. Well, that's... Go ahead, go ahead. I think Portland takes the lead 2-1 in the series. Agreed. Well, that's basically wrapping up all the matchups. We got the whole weekend ahead of us. Some series likely will end this weekend. Like the, I think we said it, Philly, Brooklyn, we'll see. But I think today, game threes are very important because usually they're the divider between in terms of giving one team leeway over the other. And today, tomorrow, we have a lot of game threes that are significant. So we're going to see. And once we find out, we'll give our thoughts. All right, guys. We'll catch you in the next one. Peace out.